0: Frankie Pellet joins me on this episode of Geek Four. Frankie is the co-host of the Crime Book Podcast "Read and Buried," and she'll soon be heard on the brand new podcast "Labors of Hercule" with Geek Four alum Adam Roach. Frankie is a huge fan of Hercule Poirot, not just Hercule Poirot, but specifically David Suchet's character-defining portrayal of Agatha Christie's fastidious Belgian detective with the impressive mustaches. In fact, she's such a fan, she actually has Poirot tattoos. And she even walked down the aisle at her wedding to the Poirot theme. Now that's a fan. This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? Ooh. Frankie, welcome here. I am so Hi. looking forward to talk about Poirot specifically, David it's Suchet's it. performance as Poirot. But I, like, I kind of want to go back. Like, what's your what's your backstory with Agatha Christie and the character of Poirot first?
1: Yeah, um I have definitely since childhood been vividly aware of Agatha Christie. She's always been a presence in my life. My father was a he, I mean, he was a he was a hoarder. Um, but he <laughs> to put it lightly I've Uh, seen
0: I've seen the Instagram photos yeah
1: exactly so you get and I thought I could show you so much worse maybe I'll do that later um but he had he had all the Agatha Christie books so I always just grew up looking at the bookshelves and reading the titles and looking at the artwork which was incredible the Tom Adams artwork um the vintage covers are just stunning so I was instantly intrigued from a very young age and we've also we've quite a dark family in a lot of ways or interesting things makes it sound like the mansons it's not it's mm. not like the mother but that dark but uh we were the adams liked... family <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's aspirational to me um but we always um like crime and and liked crime out of context sounds terrible <laughs> A big crime family, think, just loved it.
0: <laughs> I think we've had our first revelation here on Geek 4.
1: Oh, oh my goodness, yeah, don't tell the police, <laughs> don't snitch, snitches get stitches, don't do that. Um, but yeah, so I was always interested in, in the titles and then obviously as I grew up a bit older and I could read, learned to read, formative, um, so I started reading the books and became hooked and then just watching all of the adaptations really and then kind of in the UK in particular, I don't know if it's the case in Canada, but they always... Poirot is always on, basically, on IT. We have a channel called ITV and it's always repeated. And so I just got into it from there and it just became such a source of comfort and mm. joy. And Poirot in particular, I, I mean, he is the, the the world's greatest. I'm trying not to gush too much too early, yeah, but um, it's fine. And pace myself. But he is, I think, as a character himself, he's just because he's so... Obviously he's very intelligent, he's very engaging, but he's also, I think it's that whole thing about um a foreigner in a, a foreign land and being slightly on the outside, but watch, you know, watching him ingratiate himself on people in a in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that his his outside perspective and the way he he he's always involved, but he's always on the outside watching. And I think that's something that's very relatable, I think, to me in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. I always appreciated that. And I think just he it's so funny as well this is something that the people don't really talk about much with with Agatha Christie she was really funny right she's a
0: really good sense of humor
1: yeah yeah very much so very dark and she had a sense of humor about herself and her writing and her career and everything so uh yeah I I just fell in love basically once I started getting into it from a Mm -hmm. young age I was actually um talking to Adam about this earlier Mm um we It came the very first episode of the David Suchet Poirot aired in 1989, and I worked out actually that I was two and a half (laughs) when it first came out. So I didn't watch it from the beginning because I was, you know, concentrating on like learning to walk and stuff. And
0: yeah, those are those are tough years. Yeah,
1: formative, (laughs) growing, all that kind of stuff. Falling Um, over, (laughs) doing quite a lot of that. Yeah, Yeah. that hasn't stopped unfortunately. Um, But I. So, well, yeah, it was later on, but definitely my like, early, early teens, I would say. And then it's just endured from there, really.
0: I will not tell you how old I was when that aired. But you like, look young. Um, yeah, oh, that's deceiving. It's the bad lighting. <laughs> um, the um, I was always struck by the David Suchet performance because I, I, think, I think we have a very similar background. Like I was fascinated with detective fiction. Mm-hmm. Agatha Christie was like this name that kind of loomed large. So scouring used bookstores and getting them. There had been a few film adaptations that I was aware of. I think I was only mm. aware of a few of them at that point. I didn't know that there was like, I mean, right back to the thirties. There's, I was mm. watching one last night. Lord Elgar's, uh, uh, Lord Eltweer's di- dies. Um, yeah, the, yeah, Edgeware dies, and um, the guy who plays Paro doesn't even have a mustache. Um, I think that's okay. Kenneth Brana has enough mustache for all the other Paros. So.
1: I, I don't know who that is.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about that later. I don't know her.
1: <laughs> but
0: none of the other performers, and there's some pretty good people who've played Paro, really capture the character like no. David Suchet. Like, it's so, like, he's his stature, like, he's small just is very fastidious nature. It's perfect. Like it's career, Mm -hmm. it's, it's character
1: defining absolutely I completely agree and, and not even in the physicality a hundred percent like he nails it you know that in her book she describes him he looks like an egg he's got yeah. an egg head <laughs> yeah and he's yeah. round and short and he's got the perfect mustache obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but even just in his character I think that David Touche nails it better than anybody else so you know you've got Albert Finney and Peter Eustonoff who I think mm-hmm. are, are good in their own ways yeah. um the Peter Eustonoff one is like his own thing he's just doing his own thing with a slightly funny accent yeah. um but far I too big it.
0: to be far too large to play Poirot like completely sense.
1: no not at all but he's good and those yeah. I, I enjoy those films and it's funny and he does it well but what I think David Touche brings to Poirot which is so unique is a kindness and a warmth to the character mm-hmm. because he is superior to everybody because obviously he's the world's greatest detective and he's a genius and we all know that but he is to a fault a gentleman and yes. he's kind mm-hmm. and he particularly there's interrogations of you know people in you know the help in these vast houses he knows that if he's kind to people and warm to people he gets what he needs from them he gets the answers he knows that people that really know what's going on a lot of the time and can help him solve the cases and he gets to them through kindness, not the kind of brash coming in there, you know, being snobby. I mean, he is snobby, obviously, because he can't yeah. help it. <laughs> but, but, but it's uh, it's an endearing kind of snobbery. And I think people in the book, I always enjoy it in the series, in particular, when people kind of are like, who is this funny little man? But then mm-hmm. warm up to him very quickly. Very because, quickly. Uh, And yeah. that's I think that's the beauty of Suchet's portrayal of him. It's very yeah. much from him, because he's a warm person. Have you met him? I have
0: did you did he see your tattoo of him on on your arm
1: so okay yeah so I've got a couple of faro tattoos um okay. I appreciate this is an audio medium yes but, yes uh... <laughs> okay
0: well I will I will take screen caps of these
1: <laughs> oh god I can send you photos if you okay like. all right um, um so yeah I do have a couple of tattoos um but I because I don't want him to get a restraining order against me <laughs> I don't whip them out in public when I have seen him like I I saw Mm -hmm. him at a book signing he signed my book my Mm -hmm. Poirot and Me book that he wrote which was Mm -hmm. great and I saw him do his Poirot and Me show he did a tour around the UK a few few months ago last year I think it was which was amazing actually that was quite funny because I'm I booked the tickets during the pandemic and it was at a very small local theatre for me in my hometown and I didn't quite realize when I booked it, we were in the fr- center front row. Mm. Um, and yeah, he was basically like looking at uh, me and my friend and kind of like pointing to us and like looking us in the eye kind of thing. And it was quite, quite overwhelming in a lot of ways.
0: Spitting on you when he talked. Yeah, I, I wish.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I've rubbed it all over my tattoos. <laughs> oh. but, um, no, sorry. I, I he has seen my tattoos though, because I've, I've tweeted him when I've got uh-huh. them. And he's always been, because he is a gentleman, very nice, but I'm probably sure. secretly yes. briefing his security team to keep an eye out. Um, <laughs> <for me. laughs>
0: this dark haired woman shows up.
1: Please, yeah, please. watch out for her. <laughs> yeah.
0: Please, please. Yeah, that that's so funny. Uh, and it actually wasn't even a line I was necessarily thinking of going, but like him as an actor, hmm. he has done other things, but the the, the amount of, of material that he's done on Poirot, like we talk about typecasting, mm. he is forever typecast as Poirot. Like I don't know if I know he's done a few other things. He was in a Doctor Who episode of yeah. a few a uh, few years ago, but that kind of has pegged him uh, as Poirot. Absolutely. Un- unlike other other people I can think of comparable, like Jeremy Brett did did some other stuff from Sherlock Holmes, but sure, yeah.
1: You yeah, know absolutely, and what I kind of love about him is that he loves that. He mm. genuinely loves it. So many people, you know, like you hear of these actors playing like Bond, and like I'm so bored of being thought of mm. as Bond. It's exhausting. nobody likes
0: playing Bond. Apparently, they <laughs> apparently all hate it. Yeah, <laughs> they all or hate Or Batman,
1: it. or anything yeah. like that. Everyone's just like, oh God, it's so boring. But he bloody loves being uh-huh. Poirot and he his owns it. He owns it so well. Like he has. He's written. He wrote a whole book about it. Uh-huh. He's done a tour about it, and you know, he's actually. He said in that he would be up for doing a stage version which would, mm. oh my god I would definitely see this is I'm trying to yeah. keep the restraining orders to a minimum so I can go when that comes to the same <laughs> maybe some kind of disguise a blonde wig or something <laughs> a mustache <perhaps>. a mustache <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Branagh has some extra mm-hmm. I don't know who that is yeah. um so <laughs> I'm trying to keep your podcast nice and not go into my my Branagh rant because it's okay
0: it's
1: okay <laughs> Um, but yeah I he he is yeah you're right he is Poirot I think if, if you were to look up Poirot in the dictionary it would be David Duches Poirot next to the it has to be yeah
0: he defines he defines the role which mm. makes the casting of anyone else Irish actor or not um very <laughs> curious to me like at this stage like why they wouldn't have just done that did they do okay, all you're... the stories with... yeah okay
1: yeah they did every, this is the beauty of it as well. Not only did they do all the books, they did all the short stories and mm-hmm. shorter episodes in the first few seasons. So mm-hmm. it's you get everything. Yeah. Such a rich catalog.
0: Yeah. There's, and there's so much, like she wrote mm-hmm. for an incredibly long period of time. Yeah. And, and unlike everyone loves Marple. I like Tommy and Tuppence uh, because yeah there's great periods of time between the books, but she ages the characters appropriately. So like, you know, they're young in the first one, they're like middle-aged in the second one, they're old in the last one. But like Poirot like seems to live in this undefined time of he's always retired but he just mm. continues to live um
1: his packs a lot into his yeah life. <laughs> yes. the very end yeah
0: that's when i frankly want to rest um yeah. <laughs> i'm looking I forward to retirement
1: He see the little gray cells they cannot be re- they cannot rest yeah yeah, uh,
0: mm. yeah i think i think mine will rest just fine <laughs> they uh, deserve a good rest yeah i think so yeah so um how often are you rewatching Poirot's? Like I know you're doing the podcast with Adam, the 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 yes. Labor of Hercule. Um yes. how's that how's that going and how's that relate to your regular rewatching of the show?
1: Yeah, it's going good. We actually recorded our first episode today. So, Yay. I'm all warmed up for you in terms of my Poirot chat. Um and yeah, no, it's uh, any excuse to rewatch Poirot. I normally watch at least a couple a week just mm-hmm. as um, because I know them, you know, so intimately at this point. That sounded weird. I'm really I just know them so well. We're staring order. <laughs> really, not looking good for me, is it? Yeah, no. Especially with my crime family background. <laughs> not both well at all. Um, but I, uh, I, yeah, I just put them on, and they are just ultimate comfort viewing, really. Mm. Because no matter what mood you're in, there's a poiro over that. <laughs> You know, and also seasonally as well, there are certain episodes that I will always watch a certain things, like obviously the Christmas episode, mm-hmm. like um, Hergapara's Christmas, which is great, mm-hmm. and the Halloween party. Oh, oh so good. So good. <laughs> Do you have a favourite episode? Have you watched much of the catalogue?
0: I have. I've probably watched all of them over the years. Um, I don't go back to them as, as often. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I, just, I was just rewatching season one. Mm. the first couple of episodes of season one like where it just sets the tone and and it really doesn't do a lot it has that great not enough television people do this you don't start your show with like the here's how they all got together it's like they're just there um yeah the the black adder idea (laughs) this is the world we're living in you just kind of catch up so those first couple of episodes are really good Mm. I really like some of the longer film. I think the 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 Halloween one is great because that's, that's the period. Christie gets so like weirdly self reflective in the Poirot's. I don't think she does it in any other novels. I I don't know the the rest of her canon well enough. Mm-hmm. Like the character of Ariadne, who is clearly Agatha Christie and her yes. <laughs> <laughs> and her was is he Icelandic? Yeah, his, his, uh, Icelandic? yeah, is her Icelandic detective or whatever he is? Swedish? Like the, yeah, yeah, a Swedish detective. Um,
1: ben Hirson. <laughs> Sven here. Yeah. and my
0: Swede. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, she does. You're definitely right. Yeah. I think she has a lot of fun with that. That's a yeah. sense of humor again, right? Yeah.
0: And and I know from certain things that I've looked at that she said, like, you know, like most authors get tired of their characters. Conan Doyle mm-hmm. killed off Sherlock Holmes. He was tired of writing them. I, I think she probably had her like, oh, I'm tired of this stupid detective. I don't want to do it anymore. So when she comes back to it or when public demand is such that she mm-hmm. needs to write another one. She actually finds a really interesting way to keep it fresh for herself yeah. and I think that's so great. And she crafts really? such good mysteries. Like I don't think I've ever I'm really good at figuring out detective <laughs> stories. I yeah. that sounds so arrogant, sorry.
1: No, it's um, good.
0: I can never figure out her stories. Cuz like kidding, it's yeah. always this like twist that just nobody could see coming. Like I figure Completely. out makes sense like within, you know, he's dead, clearly. <laughs> well, sorry for anybody the film off. You know, sorry <laughs> sorry for spoiling a 10 year old movie for all my listeners 40 <laughs> year old movie whatever it is time has no meaning yeah, it's pretty no old pandemic.
1: yeah no pandemic i think if he's not seen it
0: by now what's, what's your favorite yeah,
1: episode and, oh is, you know adam top asked me three. that earlier. top it's, three it is i mean as i don't have children but we'd be like oh, it was like picking a favorite child although everyone's got a favorite i'm, I'm sure.
0: sure yeah i don't have sure. kids either i'm sure that people have favorites.
1: Yeah, my favorite is not having kids. Uh, controversial, but there we go. Um,
0: <laughs> mine, mine too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, we're very smart people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I this it's so hard. There are certain ones that I'll rewatch probably more than others. The Halloween episode is definitely one of them because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the earlier ones are amazing as well. Um, I really love Dumb Witness, which mm. is a great one, and it's got a dog in it, I like dogs. So yeah, that ticks yeah. all the boxes for me. Bob the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh I Labors of Hercules is amazing. One of the one of the last ones. Mm-hmm. So cleverly done. And God, I could talk about all of them all day, but they're mm. fantastic and And even just thinking, you know, what you were saying about how she wrote and everything, she was very open about the fact that she wrote for money. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And did did really well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like incredibly well and fair play to her. But she was just like, yeah, I'm writing because I need money and Mm -hmm. I'm quite good at this. So I'm just going to write these mysteries. And even with Curtain, obviously the last one, Mm -hmm. she wrote that basically so that her kids could have an inheritance. They found it in a, you know, found it in a safe. And Mm -hmm. that's. She was very, very savvy and not at all snobby about writing or literature mm-hmm. in any way. She was very much like it's for people to enjoy it, to make money. And, you know, I think sometimes authors put on the airs and graces, particularly as ones as successful as her. Mm-hmm. It'd be easy to do that. But she's yeah, she was very down to earth. I mean, I don't know her personally, but just everything you say, everything I've read about her readings, her autobiography and things like that. She just seemed like a very normal But exceptionally talented person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Could craft a mystery like like no one else. I I mean honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then how she also like includes little details from her own interests in life, like her, you know, Mm. it's her second husband who's the archaeologist. And so she spends a lot of time on digs. And then that becomes like the the death on the Nile and the you know, Poirot tours Egypt basically for a while. Um, she puts those little pieces in that's really that's re- that are really great
1: this is at the end and obviously the like the uh, orient express and the train journeys and all the travel mm. she did yeah. yeah and this is the thing because uh, just the the slight elephant in the room when you talk about agatha christie is that some of the t- some of the old titles oh yes we will not be saying those <laughs> oh no no, um, <laughs> no, 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 no no and actually i think vastly improved through their changing like and then there were none is a vastly better title than its original one. Oh yes long yes. shot
0: and even um, the even the second title it got uh ten yes. little indians um yeah. You know, that's, yeah.
1: It's like, oh, really? That's your rewrite? Okay. <laughs> um, but I think with uh, so through that, through some of the old language, it's been said that, you know, there's racist p- p- parts of the story. And, you know, she was writing in a different time and there are yeah. elements of, you know, problematic bits and bobs within it. But it's so clear that she loved travel. She mm-hmm. loved different cultures. She loved to you know, immerse herself in different cultures and she was incredibly respectful of them. Mm -hmm. And she, if you, at her core, she is just fascinated by different cultures, different people. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, she made Poirot a foreigner and an outsider to kind of embody that. And often to highlight, I think, some of the racism that existed within the British upper classes. Yes, yes. Yeah, I like a, how you
0: used the past tense, though. That was really cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bit hopeful, a bit optimistic. <laughs> I don't mix with the upper classes too much, though. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, no, <no>. Just Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I think, I think, in many ways, she's a product for time. Mm-hmm. I think some of that language. Um, actually, it was really interesting because my area of expertise in English literature was is British literature kind of of the 20th century so oh, wow. you know Evelyn Waugh, people like that and film and some of the racial epithets that get used in the UK don't necessarily have have ever had the weight that they had in America in particular North America oh, really? so, like they would call a dog, what you know the n-word um and and that was just like oh okay whatever um but like you you wouldn't necessarily have seen that in i think it's battle of britain that that is a film that has the dog that 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 has that name and it's like you know as a north american you're like i can't believe that but it was a little bit more it was a little bit less uh problematic but Mm. still troubling yeah, I might
1: cut all this conversation out. I don't know. We'll <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry, yes, It's not a dark racist two, tangent. Yeah,
0: two two white people talking about racism. Just, <laughs> never yeah. not problematic. Um, no, very true. Yeah. No, but I think you're right. I think she. I think she does have a sensitivity to that, and I do think mm. she's. I do think, like the things that I know about her personally, she did kind of feel like an outsider. Like mm. she, you know, the 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 very troubling first marriage uh that did not seem to leave her with no. a lot of self-confidence um so
1: yeah completely
0: some something for me to think about
1: <laughs> oh sorry
0: okay. it's all right it's all right um and you also walk down the aisle to the poirot themes that is the coolest thing i've ever heard
1: is it yes is it... okay cool. yes Thank you. no no
0: no no no, no. You, Frankie, this is a safe space. That is the coolest thing I've ever
1: heard. Like, well, thank you. It's a great um, song.
0: The only um, other song comparable, maybe the Jeeves and Booster theme, but mm, that's a little bit more bouncy. There's mystery it. there. I don't I like have
1: the, a bouncy enough walk for that one. Oh, okay. That well, you <laughs> to yeah. play it flat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I it's yeah, stunning theme music. the first mm. season, the early seasons, and the credit sequence in general is so Art Deco and beautiful and perfect in so many ways. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> my husband is very understanding of my obsession. He doesn't my understanding. He doesn't get it at all. No. He thinks it's very weird, and he's yeah. not a fan of poro. Um, so it is a solitary enjoyment that I have for it. But <laughs> that's fine. Um, but so when we had to. We had a very informal ceremony in a lot of ways, and we had to pick music. and I was like, "Shall I do it? Shall I go for it?" And he was like, Just "Do what you want, <laughs> whatever."
0: It's <laughs> a good, it's already, like, there, great,
1: great start to our marriage. <laughs> yes, like whatever.
0: Yeah. Do what you want. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. And
1: I, I it, it had to be that though, because I mean, yeah. and also the fun thing was when the music started. And I was waiting outside the door to go in to, you know, get married. I could hear all my friends family laughing as soon as it came on because they were all like, of course it is. It has to be because yeah. it's Frankie.
0: What would she do? What else would she do? Oh,
1: exactly. That's Completely. brilliant.
0: Yeah, you, it was you, fun. You bring up the, the Art Deco title sequence mm. and I was, you know, was watching, mm. I think I got through about five episodes of the first season because I realized they're on BritBox. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to yeah. ch- check this and out. And they're
1: short. So yeah. Perfect. An
0: hour. Perfect. Perfect. Um, there is something about the the set design and the look of the show mm. that I just like. If I could furnish my apartment in, <laughs> like, that's exactly yep. how my place would look. Like, yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah. It just the 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 furniture choices, the the little bits that he has in his apartment are just like, and I, the, the um the apartment building actually gets a credit in yeah. the. That's yeah. wonderful.
1: It's stunning. Yeah, I, it, it, the set design the. The the scenery, everything, the costume is bordering on erotic, in my opinion, because it's just so good. Oh my god, it's stunning. And Whitehaven Mansions, just what a building! It's so iconic, and yeah, and any excuse to kind of revel in that that era. And they do it so well. Actually, when we we were you know preparing for our recording our first episode, and you see Whitehaven Mansions for the first time, you know it's the curvature of the it's just yeah it is it is very sexy and also we for the first season of Poirot the budget was something like five million for the first 10 episodes which in the 80s that's That's
0: huge insane yeah
1: and you can tell though because it's so rich and stunning and they don't have to go into as much detail as they do but then they do because it's Poirot and Mm -hmm. the people that love it love it for that and mm. it's yeah indicative of his character and the fastidious nature of him mm. but yeah it's a, it's an incredibly rich production and I, I don't know how much of it went on the moustaches from that budget but i'm guessing quite a bit because they do improve <laughs> and you know change in variety over the seasons but worth every penny
0: oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah just mustache wax alone probably something like oh, yeah, a couple homemade prices oh, in the oh, 80s my yeah, goodness
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Are you good to do some fast four, some quick back and forth? All right.
1: I'll do my best.
0: All right. Is there something, Frankie, that you were a huge fan of that might surprise people?
1: I feel silly saying this to you as a Canadian, but ice hockey, local ice hockey is like my favorite thing. We have a team in the town where I live called the Guildford Flames, and I love it.
0: I am a Canadian. I do not understand hockey at all. Really? Yes. No, it's one of those. Well, okay. This is probably revealing a little bit too much about myself. Um, I have a very contrarian nature. So I (laughs) grew up in a very small, uh, not a small town. It's a, it's a city in Southern Ontario Mm -hmm. at a time where our, Minor league hockey team had a very good prospect. He very you know he was going to go to the NHL. He was going to make a big deal. His name was Eric mm-hmm. Lindros. For people who know that name, right. um, and, and he was in Oshawa. And like everyone was like Eric Lindros, Eric Lindros. And I'm like, I don't like <laughs> hockey. That's stupid. I'm also not really a sports person, but you know, yeah, yeah. So
1: is, I'm not either really. But there's something, and I don't watch the NHL or anything like that. It's just I like to go. I live in this town called Guildford in Surrey Uh and it's they have a leisure center is called the Spectrum and it hasn't changed its decor since I would say 1989 probably early 90s (laughs) yeah it's a time warp and it's amazing and we go there and you can get pick and mix sweets which is my favorite thing in the world and you can get slush puppies which the best drink in the world so basically i'm going back to my childhood entirely by going there and then i get to watch men fight each other while skating around like i don't i can't think of a better way to spend my time
0: and it's cold um it's
1: cold and the local fans are insane they're so cute they all have choreographed dances that they do oh it's the best honestly i love it and there's a guy that wears a hat that when um, someone scores a goal the little light and the siren goes off it's just—it's yeah, my favorite thing. I—I I can't get enough. That's
0: brilliant. I will say, I have I, in the the city I currently live in, there is a an NHL team. I have been to see them. Uh, somebody gave me tickets. It was an interesting sociological experiment watching other people. <laughs> um, but was it, it like, fun? It was great fun. Yeah. Live, almost any sport is fun.
1: Yeah, that's uh,
0: true. So it's it's and cricket. Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine. Oh, so boring. Four <laughs> days long. Yeah. If you could erase one portrayal of Hercule Poirot from the face of the earth, gone never to be thought of again,
1: mm-hmm. I think you know the answers, <laughs> Kenneth.
0: We'll take the, what? Oh.
1: I don't understand. Why does his mustache have three layers? have you mm-hmm. okay you're you've unleashed the beast now okay um, there's no going back bring it i so want to so see the go. dark side of frankie <laughs> oh it's quite it's not too far below the surface simmering <laughs> <laughs> around um apparently i've not seen any of his portrayals of it because i heard oh i saw the, the trailers and i heard the synopsis and i was just like i'm not i can't i can't do it i can't but a very good friend of mine my friend sarah who i do the podcast with went to see yes. The last one they give the mustache backstory.
0: I heard her say that, and I'm like, like like he was abused by his mom, so he grew a mustache. Like, I don't understand. It's a war
1: injury, apparently. It's covering scars from a war injury. So yeah, insane. Absolutely insane. <sighs> and apparently at the end of the film, he shaves it off. What? Yeah. Yeah. See, sacrilege. It's actually disgusting. That's... Um, and to me, it's just the arrogance of Kenneth Branner thinking that he can play Poirot when he is nothing like Poirot. And the thing that annoys me, okay, I'm I'm sorry. No, bring it, bring it. (laughs) I love this. I, I think if you're going to do a different version of a character as beloved as Poirot, after David Suchet has nailed it, Uh Universe and and is universally beloved for it. I just think you've got to do something completely different. You know that's why I feel like when people talk about you know Bond or let's get Idris Elba to play it, I'm like, great, get Uh someone completely different to do it.
0: Go outside the box.
1: Exactly that. And so I, it was so boring. It's like, oh, good, another white guy is going to do it. Wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Completely wrong and just make up his own story under the veil. And I remember at one point when after um the first one came out, the Orange Express, mm-hmm. and some a, a friend of mine went, Oh, do you know there's gonna be a sequel? I was like, it's not a sequel, it is <laughs> like I was so angry. Another story in his life. <laughs> it's not a sequel to the last... mm, it just makes me furious. And I've never really forgiven him for cheating on Emma Thompson, to be honest. So I have my issues with Branner anyway. Fair. Um I just Fair. stick to Shakespeare, you idiot
0: yeah yeah he did this uh he and emma did one film i think it was their second film together that's a mm-hmm. that's a mystery called dead again that not a lot of people have seen that's mm. really good oh is it derek Jacobi's in it it's kind of like okay kind of supernatural mystery i really liked it
1: that sounds fun
0: yeah but i don't maybe, mind him
1: doing that yeah, go maybe, and do that yeah
0: maybe maybe just maybe just stop doing other things
1: okay stop doing Poirot specifically yeah
0: yeah th- th- this is a different question this is a, a part a to the question okay having said that um who would you cast at paro if you're going to do something completely different
1: oh that's a really good question yeah i'm smart yeah, you really are <laughs> congratulations on that that's, that's impressive
0: yeah, yeah it's not really that impressive
1: <laughs> well i'm not smart so watch me butcher this answer. oh um... you're smart <laughs> stop it I think if I were to do it, I'd make him a woman and flip it entirely. Like, why the hell not? Um, sure. And maybe I, I know that when Angela Christie always said about writing um, Poirot and Marple, she always lamented the fact she made them old from the start because she was like, God damn it, they were gonna, <laughs> yeah. they're going to die <laughs> yeah. at some point. Yeah. So maybe if I was going to do it, totally make it completely different, like a young woman that would piss everybody off so much uh-huh, people uh-huh. love it when people turn, Whoa. think male characters yeah. and make them female love that
0: well and and then just cast jody whitaker make everyone angry all over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's, <laughs> exactly. and she's brilliant so why not why not
1: huh. this is the thing and i yeah just have some fun with it i think if mm-hmm. you're going to do it you can't you can't top david Suchet. so why even try just yeah. go completely the other way with it and have some fun with it cast david Suchet, <laughs> or just get him to do it all over again i 100 percent would yeah, it comes up to like me. a big i
0: thought i thought their murder on the Oregon express was very good yeah. but definitely could have used the multi-million dollar budget that brana had like clearly you know yeah. we didn't we didn't need him he does this kind of running and jumping and stuff that's not really
1: mm-hmm. yeah i know mm-hmm. i heard about mm-hmm. this and it makes me very upset par would not do that
0: i'm so sorry i didn't mean to bring it's, not up okay. it's not your fault it's not your
1: fault it's brano's fault
0: no that's true and interesting, so... actually... i i was a screenwriter on, oh. on the i'm sorry i just
1: <laughs> okay well, in which case i'm gonna hang up now so thank you
0: Um, I was just going to say
1: as well about his Orient Express, um, the David Suchet one. One thing I think that David Suchet always also brings to the character, which is quite unique, is the Catholicism aspect, because Mm -hmm. that is very personal to David Suchet. Yes. Not in the book at all. No. This moral quandary that he has about, oh, should I let them go? And Mm I thought that was a really interesting kind of take on it, because that was very much from David Suchet's approach to borrow.
0: Yeah. What I know about him is like, there is this faith aspect to his mm. personal life, and yes. I know some of the things that he. I think he did a. I think he did a, a an audio version of like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or something. and He played Aslan. Like, the, there's definitely you know Obviously that aspect. That. Yeah. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very good. Um, and for him to then kind of bring that to the character, which is not there, mm-hmm. I just think it's it's the mark of a of a first rate actor, like. Maybe. You you add this extra layer that no one really thought about doing, and yeah. make it brilliant.
1: I think it's in the book. It's a bit like he's a bit like yeah, well, what are you going to do? He was a bit of a he wasn't a nice guy, was it? So don't worry <laughs> about it, guys. I got your back. Um, <laughs> which doesn't feel very related to his moral character, does it? That's the whole no. point. So yeah, it, it it made sense. I thought that was uh-huh. really interesting, as you say. It's just him as a as an actor bringing so yeah. much richness to the role. Yeah.
0: What is the geekiest thing you own?
1: Oh, that's such a good question! Apart from the poro tattoos, like does that count as ownership? No. <laughs> um, one thing actually for my wedding present, uh-huh. uh, one of my wedding presents, my my good friend Pavey made. I can show you photos of this. Um, made us a model of um. It was like oh, we, we got married at a motoring museum in uh-huh. sorry, and he basically made a model of of a car, and it's me, and my husband sat in the car, and Poirot is driving the car. <laughs> it's really really good and it's yeah oh, it's got I, scenery.
0: i want to see photos of this, please
1: i will send you photos of course oh thank you no problem and also i just i mean i have so much i'm a big collector of weird nerdy stuff so i've got loads of things I just yeah any excuse to keep things your dad's a
0: cult books.
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got my dad's Ouija board behind me. Then if ah, awesome. One of the Ouija boards, I have two. Okay. Um mm-hmm. you always need chats. a backup. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and also my 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 one of my best friends, Edith, went to Belgium at one point and she stole for me um from a bar, Just adding to my crime rep- rep- reputation, um, a poiro. They they have like a, a brand of beer that's basically got poiro on it there, but oh. the ale. Okay. So I've got the I've got a mug and a bottle to add to my Poirot shelf because I have a Poirot altar basically on my bookshelf.
0: I'm I'm this shocked.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you've got some measure of me by now.
0: So what I heard is you send one of your foot soldiers to rob a bar.
1: <laughs> my henchman. Yes. All right. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Exactly right.
0: Last question: If you were to get a tattoo of another fictional detective, who's getting inked on your body?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I like that a lot. Thank you. It's probably Sherlock Holmes. Um, You can't go wrong. So, you know, Mm. iconic. Um, Mm -hmm. Or Marple, because how often do you get old lady tattoos, really, in life? (laughs) It's not something people are queuing up for. No, no. But but this is the problem, though, which Marple? Because so many actresses have played Marple. Uh No one's had the longevity in Marple as there's been in Poirot.
0: No. No. And and there are a couple of very distinct, like Margaret Rutherford mm-hmm. is a very distinct marple. And, I mean, yeah. very different from the books. She brings her own brand of comedy to it. But
1: mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, completely. Like Joan Hickson. And yeah, it's all uh-huh. very yeah, yep. completely different.
0: Frankie, where can people find you on social media?
1: Well, you can find me personally at Frankie as swell on all of them, basically, if you really wanted to. I don't know why you'd want to follow me after this. Um, if you want to look at my book podcast, which is a lot more interesting-ish, um, you can follow us. Uh, basically, if you search Red and Buried podcast on Twitter, Instagram, all those ones were there. So,
0: And you're on all the podcasts all the podcatchers so i'll link to that in the show notes um it's a great podcast i really enjoy it
1: thank so, you thank you
0: and let's not forget the labor of Hercule, which is on twitter and instagram and i'll link to all of those in the show notes
1: thank you very much well i'm I'm really um i'm really excited to have done this so thank you for having me oh anytime well if, you're, if you want to do one about crime <laughs>
0: Just talk about your family? <laughs> exactly. Sure. Okay, we can do that.
1: Oh, I could tell you stories. I'm sure
0: you... <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and giving me your time today. It's great.
1: Oh, honestly, a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MW Voice. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button. And consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for.
1: It was here during an evening of entertainment that I first met many of you who gather here again today.